0: Good morning, it's Mary Stone, and it's a very early morning on this screen porch. A cool, not-quite-summer day, and uh, I camped on the porch. Kurt does not share the same enthusiasm, so I camped alone. And I have to say, one of the things that uh, disturbs me a little bit, since he's not been traveling for his job, is that Ellie has seemed to have become his dog shouldn't she be my dog? Not really. We share Ellie in common. When we started the relationship, Kurt and I actually, Ellie, entered my life soon thereafter. So anyway, the jury's still out whether the relationship is between him and Ellie, and I just happen to live here. What do you think? So one of the fun things to have when I camp on the porch is that fuzzy morning wake-up call from Miss Ellie, and I have to say she did come down and greet me at 6 (laughs) a.m. So even though she didn't spend the night on the porch with me, she came to say hello. So let's get started. I have a few ideas of what to chat about, but I'm going to have some coffee. I have it right here. It's delicious. Go get your coffee or swing by a drive-thru and grab one for yourself and maybe treat the person behind you. And uh, let's get started. So in our last episode, episode 16, One World Robins of Renewal, I mentioned the sad fate of a nest of American robins and um, that there was a female that came back to, uh, I thought, maybe just assess or look for her eggs. And as it turns out, (laughs) she nested again. I'm sure it's the same one because there was no rebuilding of the nest. It went right into it. There's a big, loud crow, I think. Stay away from my robins. Anyway, so I've just been adoring the whole process of um, hope and renewal after that sad Sunday when I found the beautiful robin's blue egg on the ground broken. So in the nest are two eggs, although now there's just one egg because there is a baby bird. And um, Kurt's gone up on a ladder or on a step stool and looked into the nest to see what's in there. And so he took a few photos of the uh, bird in process. And uh, the first photo, which you can find on the Garden Dilemma's website, is... It kind of looks like a little blob, (laughs) a little formless thing. I mean, you can tell it's going to be a bird, but um, boy, not that attractive, really. Uh, But I'm sure it is to the mother and father. Anyway, so... Now some of the feathers are coming in. We had a five-day-later photo of this little guy. And um, sadly, the one egg is not hatched, so I'm suspect that it may not be a viable egg. But um, anyway, the parents are busy doing their thing, and uh, it's exciting to uh, have a new life and have one that looks like it's going to lead to a new bird entering our world, which is a happy thing. I look forward to uh, hopefully witnessing the little guy or gal (laughs) fledging from the nest if i get to see it that'll be fun to see speaking of which i don't know how it is in your neighborhood but around here there are all sorts of signs with photographs of the young high school graduates in the lawns of people here and there's banners near the school and as the uh, school season wrapped up rather Quietly, I must say, without any of the festivities of normal graduations and excitements. Um, That was a way to acknowledge their accomplishment, and it's a nice thing that they're doing. Um, It's different, though. I can't even imagine really graduating high school and not having a traditional graduation. But um, this week on Tuesday, I had the honor of participating in a butterfly release at the uh, Karen Ann Quinlan Hospice we um, held the event at the bereavement center and rather than have it live we recorded it or I should say they recorded it and there was different parts of the ceremony but one of the things I thought was quite beautiful was one of the speakers who mentioned about the release of the butterflies of course at that event was in honor of loved ones but also, the release of new students into our world you know graduates going into their life as adults and um, the significance of it though different now in terms of the ceremony so I just want to reach out to those families and those young folks that are entering this world and hoping that um, they see the hope and promise of new beginnings and uh, despite all the difficulties going on that they find their way in a way of productivity and, and contribution and creativity and just joy in living. So I'm back on the screen porch. It's actually the afternoon, which I rarely do take the time to sit out here, but uh, we've had a nice spell of warm weather and low humidity, and I'm just, just grabbing it all. It's so lovely. And it is warming up a bit, so uh, the nighttime chill is warming up a bit, and by the time you're listening, it probably is officially summer. Anyway, the butterfly release at Karen Ann Quinlan Hospice became a column topic. I was curious, you know, how do they get butterflies? You know, where do they come from? Um, And I hadn't realized, I guess I should have, that they're farm-raised, that, you know, there's many outfits that raise butterflies for release, and that it's actually a big part of festivities. The six dozen monarchs in the large wooden frame with wire sides and a floor of flowers was glorious. A glass butterfly suncatcher hung in the center. Names were read and songs sung. Robert, who goes by Bob, McCracken of Smith McCracken and Wood Funeral Homes, generous supporters for the Karen and Quinlan Hospice for the 40 years they've served the community, emceed the event. He shared they've released 8,200 butterflies in our community over the last 20 years of the annual event, raising over $640,000 to serve patients and their families during their time of need. I hadn't realized before that butterfly releases are very often used as a part of a memorial and wedding celebration. They're chilled into a dormant state, then usually shipped overnight the day before an event. There are concerns that farm-raised butterflies may spread disease into the wild populations and an uncertainty if they can migrate. I'm speaking of the um, monarchs specifically. Fortunately, the International Butterfly Breeders Association helps its members to follow strict guidelines for the safety of the butterflies, the environment, and educating consumers releasing them. Butterflies should be released in temperatures above 65 degrees no later than two hours before dusk, so that they can feed. Not to say they won't survive if it's cooler, but they may fly slowly, if at all, making them more vulnerable to predators. It's true, by the way. Have you ever noticed like a hummingbird, when it's really chilly, is just kind of like looking dormant, and it's the same as with butterflies. It's kind of fascinating to me. Although when you read some of these wedding butterfly providers, they said, oh, maybe you want to have them kind of sleepy so that you can have them more interactive with the uh, patrons of the event. But again, we must keep our butterflies safe, so follow the protocols to release them when it's above 65 degrees. Thank you very much. (laughs) A highlight of the ceremony was reflections shared by my former grief counselor, who's become my friend, Diana Sesba. She's the director of bereavement, and I often call her the queen of grief. That's funny. I'm going to try something new and share Diana's reflections as it was broadcast by way of video conference. So the quality may not be as good as this, but hey, let's give it a spin.
1: Looking around at this beautiful setting and looking at these gorgeous butterflies, it's really hard to think that we're in the midst of a pandemic right now. During this time, we're hearing statements like we're all in this together, uh, now more than ever, in these unprecedented times. And when something bad, painful or sad happens, we tend to laser focus on those bad things, on that one thing. And then when we do that, all else around us becomes blurry and unfocused and even fuzzy. These things are a way to redirect our attention away from those bad, painful, or sad events. And it reminds us to look around and find and see the good, to offer us hope, inspiration, and possibly healing. When we remember a loved one who has passed, or if we're celebrating a loved one who is here with us still, we do the same thing. We are offering hope, inspiration, and healing. Not only to ourselves, but to those around us. And we do that by example. Yesterday, as we were preparing the garden for today's event, I was looking at that tree. And I realized that it has little heart-shaped leaves. I don't know if you can see that, but I'm showing it to you. And I thought to myself, wow, I never noticed that before. How could I have not noticed that that tree had heart-shaped leaves before? And I believe it was because my focus wasn't there. It was elsewhere, redirected elsewhere. So that tree, these leaves, they remind me to look around and to see what else is going on around me. And I thought I could add that one more thing to that list of hope, inspiration and healing. I can add the word love. Just look around and you will find it. You will find love. Isn't that why we are all here today? because of love. Love for someone who has passed before us and love for people who are still here with us. When we find ourselves becoming laser focused, let's think of love and let that love refocus us to be able to see and find the good that is around us. Thank you.
0: Her wisdom fills me and I hope you too. So yesterday I went off to a park in Freedon, New Jersey to uh, find some tree therapy. So while there I did some recording and uh, unfortunately I didn't have my mic with me, but um, I'm going to share that here because I think it kind of wraps this whole topic together in a way that may be helpful for you as well. So I'm going to try something. I'm actually on a walk at the park in Freedon and I woke up really very... Troubled is, I guess, a good word. And as I've been walking through the woods, getting some tree therapy, which always helps me, it occurred to me, it's Father's Day. And on Father's Day, and I'm losing track of years, but it's probably coming up on 7. Yeah, that's about right, I guess, that my beloved brother Bill ended up in the emergency room. And six months later, he passed away. My brother that shared... The same grade in school growing up, who I graduated high school with, who we together were joined in our hearts and had a subconscious way of communicating. And I guess we still have that, don't we Bill? Because as it occurs to me, this morning I was doing some journaling and as I was writing Father's Day, the word faith automatically typed. You know how that happens sometimes when you're on a iPad or whatever and so I looked up the word faith and faith means which of course I know what it means but I just wanted to know the definition it means something like trusting someone or something fully and then the religious connotation is of course you know the faith in God or whomever you choose to consider your higher power so that was just kind of neat I rattled off some other journaling it was just kind of circling around and not figuring out why I was so troubled and uh so i'm walking here today and uh again the dawn of father's day comes to my mind and of course my father is also on the other side and you know it's always kind of a heavy time but um the other coincidence is that in a morning chat with kurt he brought up something about faith how did he bring that up he said something like um you you have to have faith and um i guess we were just talking about the difficulty of the world today and how unsettling it is and how it affects all of us in different ways and physically affects us. I mean, he's been struggling with his health. He's being tested for Lyme disease, actually. Um, And I've been struggling as well. So don't feel badly if you are, because certainly it's an unsettled time. But the coincidence of faith, as it automatically typed, as I researched the meaning, as I walk amongst the trees now... It occurs to me that that is it. That's what we have to do. Have faith that this is a transition time and um, let go and let God, if that's how you choose to believe as I do. And so I'm gonna try that on for size now. And I'm gonna sit here for a minute on this bench that I am talking from and just contemplate that. So thanks so much. I appreciate you sitting with me here at the park in Freedon, New Jersey. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to next time we get together for a chat. And by the way, if you wouldn't mind, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast so it magically appears in your feed, and share with others so more can become part of our community. Oh, one more thing, another addendum to the robin story. As it turns out, and I am not kidding, the mother and father are back on that nest feeding another bird, so that second egg that I didn't think was viable must have hatched just much later than the first, so I'm looking forward to seeing how that unfolds, and hopefully I'll get to see that baby fledge the nest. It's all new beginnings. We must have faith. Thanks so much. You can follow Garden Dilemmas on Facebook or online at Gardendilemmas.com and on Instagram at hashtag MaryElaine Stone. Garden Dilemmas, Delights and Discoveries is produced by Alex Bartling. Thanks for coming by. I look forward to chatting again from my screen porch. And always remember to embrace the unexpected in this garden of life. Have a great day.